This is part two of a four-part podcast. Hi, my name is Ryan. I've been a supporter of Paul's for many years now. I wish to get the podcast and video creation part of the system we call Paul back up to full speed. And I think Patreon support is a big part of that system. Go over to patreon.com slash paulwheaton. Make a pledge for each artifact that Paul creates. Again, the site is patreon.com slash paulwheaton. You can also find the link in the podcast notes. Enjoy the podcast. All right. So as we explore this, let's embrace uh, the broadcasted message. I'm a scoundrel. And these people have flawless integrity. So this means that I only need to point out one flaw and the whole message is gone. So because if there's even one flaw, then we have determined that they are, they do not have flawless integrity. But I think that I'm going to point out dozens of flaws, but, you know, let the listener be the judge. Now, you have a note here. Right. I have very few notes in this podcast because this is the property is owned by Paul. It's primarily the community design and how we're operating things here is primarily designed by you or dictated by you. That's this dictator, independent um, thought. Consensus hybrid. Consensus hybrid. hybrid. Yeah, yeah, I can never spit out all those words. Um, and I and I think it's not that tough. I mean, it sounds being a dictator. It sounds like oh, I've never lived anywhere where there's a dictator. But it's like. Every rental situation you have is a dictator. That's like that time um, we were in that house in Escondido, and you came into the doorway, and you stood <laughs> right under the door jam, and you said, come here now. And I put my hand on my hip and did that little waggle of the head and said, Don't, you, what? You said, you said, you do not talk to me that way. <laughs> I know. It was like, you and, know. It was like that inner, you know, waggle came out yeah. with a hand on the hip. Didn't know you had that waggle in you. That's the <laughs> first time I saw that waggle. You do not talk to me that way. Yeah. And the thing was, he was being gallant and had run downstairs in this huge, huge house to wondering why I hadn't come out because there was an earthquake happening. It was a big one. And I hadn't felt Exciting. it. I hadn't, I couldn't feel it because anyway. So yeah. You were on the bed making the bed and in your weird, weird way. You know, oh, let me jump on the bed while I make the bed. You know, <laughs> I, I had allergies. So my, my equilibrium was off because the allergies were so bad. But anyway, I don't choose to live with a dictator in that sense. And I'm totally comfortable with Paul being a dictator about Wheaton Labs and this property. So what I always call Paul is a larger than life character. And he's he's larger than life in person and online. And all this criticism and such falls squarely on Paul. I, I really don't know how he shoulders it. Um, it's it's not easy, and and I think his idea of saying oh they're just jealous is is a good partial solution. I I just wanted to point this out that this is huge, and I tried to have this conversation with someone. Someone said oh Paul shouldn't be such an asshole, and and I said well he's just a he's not an asshole. You just don't know him well enough. He's a larger than life character. And this person responded to me and said, well, maybe he shouldn't be so large. <laughs> and, and I just thought, and I said, well, if he wasn't this larger than life character, we wouldn't have over 200 acres here to do permaculture projects on. And we wouldn't, none of us would be here if he hadn't drawn in all these people to run these great workshops and these learning opportunities and these opportunities to do permaculture projects on raw land. So it's it's a weird thing because uh, people wonder what my relationship is to Paul. I get asked weird questions about that in, you know, 
ridiculously invasive <laughs> questions sometimes. People that don't have the courage to come to me and say, do as I say or else. I don't know. Bring it to you and say, tell Paul. But, <laughs> but I, well, I get that too, a little bit. Um, but I'm online. Sometimes people think I'm just a yes man or some bimbo along for the ride or even a sock puppet. Um, and I just, I I think when I've been in the podcast, it's obvious I have my own opinions and I have uh, my own personhood um, and that Paul and I don't always agree, but we do stand united in that we think Wheaton Labs is far better than some of the recent bad press and that we also think Wheaton Labs has so much potential and it's offering so much right now. I mean, there's there's just all of that. I just wanted to slide this into that podcast to explain my view here and how um, I I sometimes hide from the criticism and and the tough stuff because with my personality type, it's really hard for me to take. So I think Paul does an amazing job. Thank you. With it. I wish to address the word asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, I think that uh, uh, when somebody uses the word asshole in that particular fashion, that's a form of do as I say or else. And it's like, and the or else is, or else I'll tell everybody you're an asshole. So so you either comply with what I'm telling you to do, which that particular individual really had no clue. And it was like, and, and I know you were being really upset about this very recently that that there have been a couple of people who have come here as a form of drug rehab because we don't allow drugs. We don't allow smoking. We don't allow any of that. So I believe this one particular person was a drug addict. And and um, and and their accomplishments here were in the negative. Um, and that person was saying to you to tell tell Paul to stop being such an asshole. And I kind of feel like, and, and that was another thing that I think we talked about earlier today, was the whole concept of how a lot of people, if they're, um, like, let's say I gave this property to 12 people, uh, chances are that um, uh, it would be a disaster. Uh, you know, and it's like they, a, a, a lot of people tend to travel a path where they accomplish very, very little. And um, <clears throat> well, they, with, without having somebody to say, okay, everybody, 8 a.m., we're going to get started. And if you're not here, then let's talk about your exit plan. You know? And it's like, there are people who want to get shit done and build a future. And then there or, are or grasshoppers. Build. And then there's a lot of grasshoppers. And I think this was a grasshopper telling you, Hey man, you should tell Paul to stop being like such an asshole, man. Well, I think there was a little bit more to it than that, but I I, I think there are people that are really happy to build skills and work hard and oh yeah and and as well as get shit done. And so we've had that. We've just had a lot, a lot of people that are at entry level skills entry-level um, exposure to permaculture even, entry-level exposure to community. You know, we've had yeah. a lot of college age, you know, or fresh out of college, never lived anywhere but home. Right. You know, and, and so we, anyway, so that's what happens when you're trying I mean, to build and create. We've had some people in their 40s that also True. fell short. And, True. Um, but we've also had people... Fresh out of high school, in high school, um, you know, as well as fresh out of college that were magnificent. Oh, true. That's a good point. Yes. 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 All right. Now let's get into it. Two years under a permaculture slumlord, a modern feudal landlord clashed with his peasants. Okay. I want to say feudal landlord. That's fair. I mean, I, I think out of all of this, there's very few things I'm going to say, like, totally true. I, I'll own that shit. I, and, and I'll start there. I'm on it. Peasants? Fair. I mean, 
uh, when you study this system from a long time ago, this is basically what we're doing. And, and in a lot of ways. But I don't want to say that that's what it is, because then all kinds of people will say, then you have to do this or else. <laughs> you, well, you know. the art, yeah. And, and clashed, it's like, I, at the beginning of May, I thought everything was great. I thought we were on a strong forward growth path. And uh, in May, I was working on my uh, Kickstarter, the, the, the PDC uh, live streaming Kickstarter. And uh, things were looking good. I thought, oh, I'm going to have all this money to, to put coin back into the bounty program. And because of the PDC that's coming up, then usually we have a PDC and people love it here and they stick around and our community will grow. It'll be great. I thought everything was fantastic. And then I found out that there were problems. So that would be the clash that after the PDC, actually, there was some ickiness during the PDC, but I just thought it was the students. Like, what is well, going on? There were there were a bunch of little little teeny tiny things that led up to uh, uh, a mood of discontent, and I think I think uh, feudal and peasants and you know we even somewhat the slum kind of stuff a tiny tiny bit, but. That was not on us. We knew that there were some, uh, that the living in the ant village, the off-grid area, would be pretty rough. And that we're still building infrastructure. The roads are pretty rough up there. And then, you know, when you're under construction, things are messy and dusty and dirty. And I really think how junky a lot of people kept things up there was on them, not on yeah. us. I yeah. mean, the slum, if it's a slum, you made that slum, dude. Yeah, well... <laughs> I gave you nature, which was perfect. Yes, and beautiful. <laughs> and, and I thought you would build a fence and grow a garden and build a little home. And, yeah. Um, well, nah. and and so I think a big thing we learned is, you know, we we had the rent super, super cheap and and provided all of this ability for people to build their own homes for incredibly cheap and and what we got were, were you know the less experienced people who were doing it because that's what they could afford which is a way i mean i yeah. kind of feel like with ant village what i was hoping we would get would be people that would have enough coin in the bank to get them through the first two years until they could become much more self-sufficient right. and possibly even to the point that uh, whatever was their permaculture thing, it was bringing in some coin. Right. Instead, I think that a good half of the people who came arrived with maybe 20 bucks in their pocket. Or I think one guy arrived and he had a quarter. And that was... And I'm kind of thinking like, okay, I could... I think that that could be, that could work, but I mean, like, you probably need to be a pretty good hunter. You need to totally Rambo it, you know? Yeah. And, and it's like, you're gonna, but I, I'm open to the idea, but it's like, uh, instead it turned into this whole thing of like, Hey Paul, how can you expect me to live this way? And it's like, you mean the way that you signed up for? Right, that was spelled out mm. in copious detail on the thread, the permies.com thread. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, and and there've been ants that have you know have a system and they figured it out and they've kind of yeah. they kind of go like they leave and they go make some money and then they come back and they work on their plot right. and that's cool. Right. Um, uh, I mean, the big thing I don't want to have, I mean, I don't want to have somebody commuting from the property. And we've had 20 people who said, you know, I know it says right there that you can't commute, but can I commute? No. And then they don't come here. Right. And so, <laughs> so there's obviously an awareness that we know finding a good fit for someone who can live roughly and without commuting Reduce it and tolerate Paul. You know, reduces. Which I think I make it really easy to tolerate me. Yeah, I make it easy to tolerate me because we have a weekly feast night, which we don't do very In many the winter, through the usually. summer, but yeah. but yeah, through the colder months. And um, I'm at base camp, and they're up on the lab. I mean, it's like that should make things super sweet and smooth. 
And it's like, um, uh, but, <clears throat> but the other thing is I was rooting for people that listen to all the podcasts. Like they're like, like they've listened to at least 200 podcasts and they're like, oh, I just love this guy. This guy is amazing. And then they want to come here. But I think what we learned was we, we set the rate really low. And How then, many podcasts they had to listen to? Well, uh, $800. Oh, the rate that. So we set the, the price $800 mm-hmm. for the first, you know, year and a half or whatever it was. And, um, and then we say, and you, uh, you got to listen to at least 200 podcasts. And so then they're like looking at the podcasts as like part of the price that they have to pay. And so they're listening to it at like double speed. Right. Just to get through it and say they've done it and not really because they're that interested in the philosophy of the community. And I kind of thought, well, that works. That That's okay. I don't mind that. But they got to get through the podcast and decide, like, is this going to work for them? Are they going to be okay with it? Right. You know, because I'm going to be the dictator. Yeah. And and yeah. so, you know, and that's a horrible having it like like uh, living somewhere and having your family live in the same place for five generations. Then along comes a dictator and you didn't pick him. That could be a, that could be a really bad thing. But then if if you're, um, you know, going someplace like I, I think that in a lot of ways I could groove at Sepp's place. I'm I'm not totally sure about that. <laughs> I mean, have you met that guy? Um, but but it's I it's like there would be people where it's like I would be cool at at their place. I would trust their values to right. to look after me, and they'll face the government, and I don't have to. Right. All right. Let's let's move on with this. Uh, a tiny, lively village is now a ghost town. Okay, so a population shift from eight to five makes it a ghost town. So. I think ghost town is zero. Ghost town is nobody lives there. And that's not the case. All right. Uh, yet unquantifiable value is still gained regardless of how hard we were scammed. And I'm thinking, scammed? Really? How? All right. So this person has chosen to post anonymously. So I'll do my best to preserve his anonymity. The, the pseudonym he used included the number 47. So here are some important bits that mysteriously got left out. He paid $800 to rent a bare plot of land for two years. I, I'm sorry, $800 for two years. That's freakishly cheap. Um, <clears throat> bare land. <laughs> So does Slumlord really stand here? How is bare land the same as a slum? Well, we kind of talked about that. Yeah. But uh, through all the stuff, here is the thing that I think is by far the most important. Uh, in early May, everything was fine. Everybody appeared to be perfectly happy. Things were smooth. Around May 20th, Fred acted as emissary and conveyed three things that the ants wanted and added that they can be addressed after the ATC, which would wrap up around the end of June. During the PDC, May 28th to June 10th, something was sour. There were uh, a few students that just seemed pissy all the time. And there was the Fouch video just as the ATC started. But the Fouches were there for the PDC, but their video was all about how awful it was to live in Ant Village. So I went up to find out what was going on. Evan, the star of Ant Village, was oddly evasive and would not answer my questions. He did say that he was now offended by the name Ant Village and offended by the foundation of the ant and the grasshopper and now desired collective leadership instead of the central leader model. That hurt. I discovered that my heart was really into what Evan and Kai were doing. Uh, they were so close to Gertitude. So Evan and Kai were leaving. Of course, they can leave at any time for any or no reason. In early May, Kai was arranging for an additional acre so he could grow more food. Here it was about one month later. To this moment, I still don't know what happened between early May and late May to change everything. All right. <clears throat> I do want to say that out of all of this, I was really hurt 
by Evan and Kai leaving. And the fact that Evan wouldn't even talk to me about it. I mean, he did say this thing about, like, you know, being offended about the whole ant and the grasshopper concept. And, uh, you know, he doesn't want central leadership anymore. He wants to go someplace where it's going to be perhaps consensus-based. And I tried to even ask him, are you talking about consensus or sociocracy, holacracy? And he said, I don't know. Just not central leader. And so that was the extent of it. And I kind of feel like, what happened? What changed? What's what's different? Well, I, I can't remember how much of some of this get goes into it but i i think there were some uh people here that were very unhappy with the boots program and and there was some negativity from that or people who are here as visitors i think there were you know disappointment about the ant village challenge which you go into later yeah, and that. so i think all of these things kind of created this perfect storm and then people who don't know you very well thinking you're always the bigger asshole <laughs> <laughs> instead of rarely and so it just developed this whole thing i mean and and i think with evan in particular when he first moved here, you and he would get into great debates over copyright. Oh, right. Evan. And and he has some very, um, he is a type of anarchist that's a specific type of anarchist, which I forget what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And so he has an inherent conflict, I think, and I don't know, Evan should speak for himself, um, with capitalists or capitalism in general. I don't know. So, so I think. So there might have been a political reason why he was well, leaving. Well, in part, and I think, I think what some people were really sensitive to is they saw other of their very close-knit neighbors in Ant Village being upset about something. And then that made them upset about it, but they weren't going to speak to someone else that being upset about it. And so it was this just this really weird snowball-y kind of thing that was um, got quite a bit blown out of proportion compared to what any because no one was scammed. No one was scammed, although. I saw some very specific comments from somebody who felt that they were scammed. And I, we're not going into that person in this podcast. Uh, so, yeah, so I, there was no scamming. We had, um, there, it, I mean, anybody can say, I've been scammed. Yeah. And it, and then you go and you look at it and it's like, they're saying that because they want candy and they feel like if they say it loud enough, they'll get candy. Yeah. And, you know, I think with all the podcasts, with all the permies threads, with all the videos, with all the rich articles, with all the photos, with all the, you know, responsiveness you and I are with emails and Fred is with emails, with our questionnaire we give to people who want to come here, we give out probably a thousand times more information about Wheaton Labs than most people do about their homesteads or farms. Except other, yeah. except it's other true. vloggers. There may be people who, who video their place on a daily basis. Sure. And then that might give more information than what we've done. So, and we're, we expose ourselves to a certain degree. Yeah. And, and which very few people do. Yeah. Um, but now you said something about the boot camp program and I, I just want to express that I, I want to check in with you. I think yeah. what you mean to say is that they're like the ants did not like the boot camp program. They right. didn't want to, they did, they never participated. They never, and it's kind of like, Hey, come on down. You can, you know, do a little exchange for your, uh, rent, um, and get a little food and stuff like that. And, um, I, I kind of feel like the boots that we've had in the boot camp program, Ended up very happy. They they learned a lot. They, For the most part, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I think it's a one hundred percent. I mean, I have not heard of anybody that didn't like the boot camp program. There was one person who came to the boot camp program, and um, that was an odd duck. 
and that and but it wasn't the boot camp program. No. It was um, he wanted basically do as I say or yeah. else. He was loved that phrase. Yeah. Do as I say or else. And so he pulled all the or else he could think of. Yeah. And but he got his trade. He he traded. He got. Yeah. You know. Well, that person. But, but I do know that the that the ants. You know, and we never said, hey, you got to come down and do the boot boot camp program. But we did make it available to them. And they all opted out. And my understanding was, and I could be totally wrong, but my understanding was what I was told is that the boot camp program starts at 7 a.m. And none of them wanted to get up at 7 a.m. Yeah. None of them wanted to be down here at 7 So it's like that was the whole showstopper right. was 7 a.m. Well, and that was just, that was breakfast. The work day didn't start at 7 a.m. Right. But, but you're right. The, I stand corrected. This person in the boot program wasn't upset with the boot program. They were mostly upset with you for not doing everything the way this person thought things right. should be done. And this person was not paying for things. <laughs> they were they were upset with yeah. me because I would not yeah. be their personal servant slash slave. And I that's the only thing they were upset about. Well. I think this person was very vocal with a lot of other people. Oh, absolutely. That's the or else. Right. And I think that's part of how the negativity added up to each other and and snowballed. So that's that's all I was trying to say about that. All right. So back to the comments of 47. Uh, Yet unquantifiable value was still gained regardless of how hard we were scammed. Um, I would agree that 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 individual learned a lot of stuff. And and uh, I think that individual learned a lot about what he can and can't do, um, and and he he accomplished some things and he failed at some things. I mean, but it was all on his own. He's on his own little plot. And I saw some large positives and some things where it seems like he came up short by his own standards. And I don't think that's what he was implying there. No. He was implying... Well, he's saying yet unquantifiable value was still gained. By you. Oh, I thought he was saying that himself. Like, he he gained unquantifiable value. I... uh, Maybe. Um... Uh, I don't know. I have a feeling that was another way to slam you. Okay. Um, I, I, I had the impression that what, um, residents were really concerned about was improving land that would benefit you and not them or improving the experience of permies.com that would benefit you and not them, you know, like, Mm -hmm. Like they were anyway, but okay. so, so then, I uh, think that some people go and improve, you know, things for Mark Zuckerberg at Facebook, I guess. <laughs> right. And, um, <laughs> and Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, so sure, yeah. yeah. And then don't go there if that's a problem. But but the other thing is, is like um, if I wanted, I mean, so then basically if, if they're thinking it's because they're improving this property to benefit me, then it's kind of like, well, what would be the benefit to me? What do I get out of it? I mean, even if we look at 47 and what 47 has done, what benefit is there to me? It's like, uh, I don't, I don't see any benefit at all. I mean, for me, uh, what do I gain from that other than like the potential to help build community? Um, I mean, if I wanted to make money, and it's like, oh, wow, now I'm going to take his property, which he, I mean, he sold his improvements right. for, for $900. So he right. actually came out cash positive out of right. the whole deal. How often do you go rent a place and then you get paid after you leave more than you paid in rent? Right. You know, but uh, so he, he came out, he came out cash positive. I, I don't see where I benefited from any of that. But you could say, okay, he improved the property, I seized it from him, and then I turn around and now I rent it out for big bucks or something like that. Right. And so I'm, I'm a, it's a rental property. But it's like, I, if I wanted to make epic coin, then renting things out at $800 for two years, that's not making epic coin. I'm running this thing in the red. Even if he improved it to the point that I could kick him out and rent his plot, for more, 
I mean, the amount of money I'm getting is still so trivial because like, even if he did 10 times better improvements than he did, because I didn't think his improvements were anything to write home about, but even if he he did that, that would still be like, and, I, and the deal I've put forward is sell your improvements, in which case I still get nothing. Right. I'm renting bare land. Right. Um, but I could make more money continuing to be a software engineer. I could make far more money. I mean, yeah. I left behind an extremely lucrative career. Yes. This is chump change, and I'm running way in the red. Even even if I was renting it for far more, I'd still be running in the red. Right. Right. No, I'm I. I get that. I mean, I do your books. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know how much this project is running in the red. I I get that. I just have, I asked some people. Somebody said, I can't even remember what conversation this was. But it's like, oh, well, why should we improve the land if it stays in Paul's name? Um, because even a deep roots... You know, and you can look that up on permies.com if you're new. You know, it stays in Paul's name, but it's it's basically you have lifetime rent. rent. And um, still, or, uh, this agreement can be terminated by either party at any time, which and, is the same deal for Ant Village. Right. And so people don't trust that and aren't used to that. Oh, they don't trust it. Don't fucking come here. Right. I'm, I'm with you. And I'm saying there was somebody else I talked to who said something about this. Well, why should we improve Paul's land? And I said, have you had, you know, family members or friends asking you that? And they're like, oh, yeah, everybody doesn't get how it could work. So it's a huge peer pressure on the people there. I'm, I'm not defending them. I'm just explaining. And, and I, yeah, so okay. it's, it's an odd thing. They, because they can sell their improvements. Right. That's why. And, yeah. and then on top of that, if you get to a point where you're thinking about selling your improvements or staying another year, then you get to stay another year, yeah. you know, in something nicer yeah. than if you like just, brought in a cardboard box and threw dirt on it, you know? And, and it's kind of like, um, yeah, I, I feel like I am sacrificing so much to try to build a community and I feel like I'm doing a rare thing. I'm allowing people onto my land. Right. With all their drama. Yeah. And, and it's like, but at the same time, I also feel like, and this is, I stated this from the very beginning when we very first started that, uh, like a hundred people will come. And 96 will go down the road. And then because of one reason or another. But eventually, because we do that turnover, that great people, really wonderful people will be left behind. And so I fully expect that people are going to be like leaving. And yeah. and while many people have come and gone and they've left gracefully. And uh, there, of course, are going to be exceptions to the rule. And we're covering an exception. Yeah. And I, I just think there's so many benefits beyond that one acre plot to being at Wheaton Labs that um, I think, you know, kind of some of these comments obviously show the short sightedness of that. And then people who just powered through the 200 podcasts to see if they could come, you know. Have because an acre for that cheap, you know, like, okay, yeah. I have to do that to get that cheap. The point of it is, okay, do you want to live the least toxic lifestyle as possible? You know, if you do, then you probably agree that you don't want to put paper and cardboard in your soil. You know, you probably have some things in common that you're passionate about recycling. I mean, these are just stupid little things and little examples but some of these things can drive you crazy if you're trying to live with a person who's not like that and doesn't share those values. Right. So the idea of the podcast is, wow, you know, we want to avoid this. We we are for that. And, wow, I have access to this, that, and the other. This, you know, these are the values of the property and when you know who Paul is and who I am, it, it it just makes it better. And it can be a comfortable 
uh, respectful and trusting relationship. Well, and that's I think that's the po- focus of today's podcast. Yeah, is the idea that there will be, in theory, a dozen people who hear this podcast, and they're going to. Um, I think a, a lot of times people will have tried community for all the the reasons, all the positive reasons, and thought to themselves like it was a drama fest. It doesn't have to be. A, why can't it be simple? Why can't it be? And then they're going to listen to this and they're going to think, I've found my home. And and I I want to live in a place where a person can get kicked out because they're being awful. And so because I want to go and be awesome by the standards of this giant doofus in overalls, and um, if somebody is there who's being awful, like 47, then they will be going down the road. Now, I gotta say, 47 was lovely up until the point that he started doing, like, until mid-May, when suddenly we were getting stuff like what appears in this document. And, and even then, it, it's kinda like, you know, gave him a chance, gave him a chance, and he just got worse and worse and worse, and finally, I did. I, I, I asked him to go. And, which was dumb because he'd already left. But he was like fighting for something. But we're gonna, I'm gonna get to that later. For now, I want to address the word scammed. I feel quite certain that I did not scam anybody. In fact, I feel that I remain fucking awesome and that these comments are horribly childish evidence that Reddit will publish any ridiculous drama and trolls thrive on drama. I kind of believe that on the document that he posted on Reddit, uh, a lot of the positive, a lot of the supporting feedback and the upvotes came from corporate trolls who have been kicked off of permies over and over and over again. And and then some actual human beings that have behaved very poorly on permies and they were kicked off. I mean, if you think that permies is a lovely place and you can go on to permies and have a lovely conversation and everything is lovely, I think you would be a good fit for Wheaton Labs provided that you don't smoke and are not into pot. (laughs) 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 Which, by the way, uh, somebody brought that up at some point in time, too. It's like, well, if you would just let people smoke and smoke pot, then a lot more people would want to be part of the community. And it's like, well, then go and buy some land and start a community and set those as your values. That sounds great. Yeah, it's yeah we've we've talked about pot in other podcasts, but it's it's mostly um, that there still could be problems with with that being here. We've heard of of communities being raided because that even if it's supposedly legal in yeah. the state, the feds, the FBI will still come raid you. So yeah. we just we just don't want that risk well, factor or that vector. And I'll just say I have my own weird issues in this space. Mm-hmm. And they're personal. Very personal. It's my choice. It's mm-hmm. you know and and I'm looking to build a certain flavor of community. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's people that are in the same boat as I am, where they're kinda like Oh, I like, I love the idea, like now, when we go to a doctor's office, or we go to the grocery store, or we go to all these different, or restaurants, it says, uh, this is a tobacco-free campus. The entire property is tobacco-free. And then, remember, we took somebody, to, and we dropped them off at the bus station, and it's like, there were like 10 people sitting outside smoking, and it was like, wow, I have not encountered cigarette smoke in months. Yeah. And now... It's a reminder how gross it was. It's a reminder how awesome it is to have a tobacco-free campus. Yes. So, all right. Um, uh, But again, that's another thing that I have. That's a personal preference. And and it's like, I'm trying to create a community that fits with my personal preferences. Out of millions and millions and millions of people, I want to find just a couple dozen that have values similar to mine. And yes. think that these are awesome values. Yes. Okay. Uh, going on, back back to the words of 47. Ant Village may be the perfect place for you to hunker down under a dictator, drink some rotten Kool-Aid, and waste your savings. 
Uh, cute, a Jonestown reference. Officially, I have never served any Kool-Aid here. <laughs> Just to be clear. I do remember we once bought lemon Kool-Aid because there was gunk on the stainless steel barrel, and Ernie insisted that lemon Kool-Aid was the best thing to remove gunk from stainless steel, and it worked. It was a citric acid. Yeah. I, I now have citric acid, you know, without the Kool-Aid that we could use next time. Okay. Maybe. So no Kool-Aid has been served. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I, it's I, just I, funny. I fully embrace Dictator. I always have. As for waste your savings, um, 47 spent $800 in rent for two years and sold his improvements for $900. Uh, seems like he came at dollars ahead. Uh, and if you thought this was a waste of your savings, why didn't he leave sooner? I mean, that's the other thing, too, is, is it's like, it's right in there, two years under a permaculture slumlord. If, if it was so bad, why didn't you leave after two hours? But, in fact, 47 actually came here for a couple of weeks and then went home, got his stuff, came back. Right. And decided. So he knew really, really, he really did his research. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, so, in fact, why spend, oh, here we go. In fact, why why spend two years in a situation you don't like? Um, if you don't like the situation, don't come or leave after two days, two weeks, two months. Uh, 47 actually came here for a few weeks, checked us out, went home, came back as an ant. Most of the things he complains about are the way things were when he checked us out. Very little changed. So the things that he's complaining about are like, you knew it was that way when you came here. You right. stayed for two years. Right. Why? So that comes back to the thing of like, he's angry. But I don't think in all of this, he ever mentions anything to be really angry about. Everything is like he is trying to spin up something to be angry about. Um, Next line. At one point, I considered Paul a friend, but now... The guy forced us out of our self-built houses. So I will attempt to share all the dirty secrets over the course of a few posts. Um, I forced out, uh, I, I, so, so basically I need to reiterate, there's a bunch of people that are still there. So clearly they weren't forced out. There were also some people who, who left of their own and they, you know, they left gracefully. Um, and then um, uh, there was him and one other where it's like they'd already moved out. And and then it's like, okay, you know, you're already gone, but your behavior is so horrible online, like in emails as, as well as this kind of thing then it's kind of like, you know what, I'm just going to make it official and say, here's your notice to leave. You know, don't come back. Because that's, it's not like I'm going to say, like somebody's going to say, like, I want to destroy your property. I want to do destructive, horrible things that I'm going to say, oh, okay, here's a key to my shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you, you tried to address what was going on and talk to people and explain and, and they, yeah, they chose to leave. You did not force them out of their houses. Uh, let's see. Uh, when 47 arrived as an aunt, he stated that he was here short term. I mean, when he arrived, he said, I'm only going to be here a year, two years at the max. Um, okay. Which is all right. Fine. Um, I think that's actually a smart thing in a lot of ways. If, if you know that you've got wanderlust, but you want to try your hand at natural building, you could build some stuff and sell your improvements. Um, next, the agreement is either partner can end this arrangement at any time, so he can leave whenever he wants. All I ask, all I can ask him, oh, and I can ask him to leave whenever I want. He left. He moved on to the next chapter in his life. Some of his stuff was still on his plot, and apparently he was going to come and get it in a few weeks. No biggie. Uh, and then all this weird, hostile shit started to arrive. It sounded crazy, but with enough legalese in it to make it worrisome, definitely hostile. I spelled out how I was uh, now a servant to 47 by 
Oh, it spelled out how I was now a servant to 47. By the laws of the state of Montana, I have to comply with whatever demand 47 places on me or else. My response was that if he gets the last of his stuff and turns in his key, I'd give him a year to sell his improvements. Uh, he comes back with more crazy hostile stuff. I sent it to my lawyer, a really good lawyer, who specializes in real estate law, and ask him if there's any truth in this. Uh, my lawyer says it's gibberish, nonsense, top to bottom. He advises me to kick him out. He points out that there is no tenant law because I did not rent him a house or an apartment. It's bare land. And the arrangement makes it clear that I can terminate at any time. He says I shouldn't give any notice, not 30 days, not 24 hours, just be done instantly. The hostility from 47 gets uglier, so I give him 30 days. And I kind of figure if he keeps being hostile, I'll give him 72 hours. But once the 30 days got through to him and the lawyer made it really clear to him, like, and, and basically the lawyer said something like, Paul is being absurdly generous. My advice to him is to kick you out instantly. He doesn't have to give you even a moment, you know, but he's being extremely generous. I suggest that you accept this with grace before Paul accepts my suggestion. Um, so he gets his stuff and he sells his improvements. Uh, the stuff he writes on Reddit is just hostile and stupid. I thought the guy was decent and he turns out to be icky. I thought uh, moderators at Reddit would remove it pretty quickly. Not only did they leave it, but it gets hundreds of upvotes. And it's become a favorite thing to share for lots of people. Wee. Okay. Uh, the next thing he says is, the tenants of Ant Village formed a union in the middle of the summer. Okay, now, as far as I know, this union was just the one guy. A, a tenants union. They felt they did, but there were no tenants because you don't have tenants with raw land. So, sure. yeah. But, you know, you could form your own union. I mean, if yeah. you're going to have a mutiny on a ship, that's a form of a union, isn't it? Like, you know, but but I mean, like, you can't. You can't throw the captain overboard. <laughs> I mean, in this particular case, I'm pretty super glued to that property. The only thing your union can do is all leave. But no one ever told me that they were part of this union other than 47. 47 kept saying everybody. And then I would talk to some of the people and they're like, I'm definitely not in his union or whatever it is, you know? And so it's kind of like, oh, okay. Now, granted, Evan and Kai left at about the same time. Um, but I, but they never said anything that they're part of the union. Well, and I think they thought if they banded together, they could get you to comply with their concerns that they wanted to bring up, which you're going into next. Um, I think they thought if, you know, oh, we have power in numbers, we can get him to comply with this. And, and it was, it was odd. Well, you can see how Evan would not be part of that because he's, like you said, he's got some kind of anarchy thing he's into. And being part of a union doesn't sound like an anarchy thing. So I kind of can't help but think that Evan's probably not in on whatever it is. And then there's the other person that already left. So that, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, um, all right, there's the three, the three concerns. Yeah. And so then these, these three concerns were presented to me by Fred around May 20th, May 24th, something around in there. And, um, but the, the, okay, um, I think I think this is the list that Fred brought me in late May, and I was told that they would be cool if I addressed them after the ATC. I thought that was cool because we were finishing the Kickstarter and had about two days to transition from the Kickstarter to firing up the PDC, which included giving the Kickstarter peeps their rewards. And then the ATC is immediately after the PDC. So, and it turns out 47 couldn't wait. You know, so... My guess is that 47 was part of the group that said, oh, it's cool. We can wait until, you know, late June to hear back on these concerns. All right. So concern uh, number one, be less secretive, also known as culty. All right. Culty. Really? <laughs> culty. Well, there's been a lot of people who have thought... People in an apartment complex, that's a fucking cult, apparently. Yeah. You go and you live in an apartment complex, you're part of a cult. Yeah. If you're part of an HOA, 
I didn't realize it was a cult. I think I had to talk to somebody's family member before they came out because the family thought it was so weird that we'd run a community here. What kind of thing is that? Are you sure it's not a cult? And then, you know, yeah. I think they they felt I sounded pretty normal and, you know, not culty. But Okay, uh, 47 says, residents were prohibited from making friends with neighbors off our property. Okay, nobody was ever prohibited. Uh, and no matter how many times I explained it to 47, he just didn't seem to give a fuck. Uh, there are two angles to this. Okay, so angle one. I was able to purchase this amazingly beautiful piece of property from a timber company who sold it cheap because they wanted to ditch a PR nightmare. Long story short, and I don't think we've mentioned this in the podcast before because it's kind of like, no, nah, we want to lay low on this point. But here we are. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share it. Long story short, uh, they had attempted to lock the gate and the locals behaved poorly. So they sold it to me and I decided to play a long and patient game. Be boring. Keep the gate locked. Be forgotten. We set up game cams and icky, icky, icky. After about three months, the problem dropped by about 95%. So we did. We had problems the first three months. Yeah. And um, But I think that our efforts paid off. Um, by the time 47 arrived, the problems had dropped about 99.9%. Yeah. Near zero. Maybe a little bit here yeah. and there, but it's like um, near near zero, really. You could call it zero. Um, one of our neighbors elected to try to befriend all of the locals, and he is still licking his wounds. He ended up with multiple death threats. Uh, and some really twisted shit. And it was all in the form, of course, do as I say or else. He now refuses to interact with anybody local besides me and one other guy. Uh, everything else goes to Missoula. So, you know, sometimes people feel like they want to go to a local restaurant or they want to go to a bar or something like that. Enjoy some of the local color. I go to Missoula. Uh, you go to Missoula with me. We go to Missoula. We've, and there's wonderful, I mean, Missoula is such a wonderful community. We've done some things locally, but, you know, not not a lot. Yeah, for the most part, lay pretty low. Um, so I kind of think that there's some really fantastic folks in here. And we have, we've met some very lovely people. And I now have a lot of pictures of not so fantastic folks because of those game cams we set up. Um, at the gates. At the gates. And uh, there was vandalism. There was uh, one person, one trespasser attacked someone. I mean, there it was icky. It was vandalism, trespassing, and a, an attack. It was all... The I first mean, couple of months. It was all... It was ick. Yeah. So, um, and I think this area is quickly changing. Um, a lot of the not-so-nice folks are being a big help by going to prison or dying or moving away. And nice, normal people seem to be moving in. Uh, at the same time, Missoula is not that far away, and Missoula is the most awesome, wonderful town in the world. When I first moved to Mount Spokane, I wrote a letter to all the people living on my road and announced a neighborhood potluck at my place. I had all sorts of community visions dancing in my head. I met some nice people and apparently rekindled some old feuds and inspired some folks to not just report me to the Department of Making You Sad, but inspire them to make it a weekly habit. In the end, I thought my life would have been happier if I just kept to myself. As I traveled and visited with hundreds of people living in the country, I found that there were three groups, each about the same size. Group one, everything is peachy. Sometimes I wonder if this is more about being polite than authentically peachy, but I have met folks where they do have an amazingly beautiful relationship with their wonderful neighbors, so there is some authentic peachy out there. Remember when uh, we were in that place that's near San Diego? Um, Lolly, um, yeah, the guy with the dogs, um, what's the yeah, name? Escondido, and it was the uh, what's the name of the guy that was our main guy there? He had 
He had a, a slightly different name. I know. It's maddening, isn't it? I know. <laughs> it's terrible. But the key is, is that that whole neighborhood, all these people were authentically lovely to each other. And it was, it was just so great to be there. All right. Group one, everything's peachy. At least they put on a front for it to be peachy. But some of it's authentically peachy. Group two, clusterfuck. How do we solve these problems with our neighbors? And so I, it seems like nearly every time I go and present someplace, there's some couple that walks up to me and they explain to me, we're on 10 acres. And here is the nightmare that, you know, we've been there for three years now and it's just a nightmare. Uh, what do we do? What do we do? And, and so it's like, um, so that's, that's group two. Group three. Everything is peachy because they used to be part of group group two and they moved and they are choosing to be very strict and not interact with their neighbors all in the hopes of having a bit of peace and never having clusterfuck ever again. So they've, they've walled themselves off and they do not interact with their immediate community and they go to a much farther away town to get the community feels that they want. And I'm, I kind of feel like this is a little bit of like what, what we talked about at the beginning. This is more of a community version 3.0. Um, and, and in this case, when I'm talking about group three, they're very non-community. It's like we have our property, we have a fence, we do not interact with our immediate neighbors we do not interact with people in the town because we did that once and we got so burned and it turned into such a nightmare that that we've okay you you're dying to say oh um alden alden that's right at sky mountain institute yeah so, so alden, a lot of very lovely alden people and ann yes yeah and uh lolly is alden's mom yes yeah and um, just a, a, a really great... And so this is... Uh, you get to see Alden and a lot of these very lovely people in the uh, World Domination Gardening 3 DVD set. Yes. Yeah. And so, um, yay, Alden. Okay. So to finish up with Angle 1, um, I'm trying to build a community on this property. And for those seeking additional community, I strongly urge folks to go to Missoula. I also strongly urge folks here to not remind the icky people to come by and do icky things again. The bee boring strategy is working. So, um, angle two. We have been here for four years. We have had three people who behaved poorly on permies and eventually we banned them. Their response was that they were going to do awful things to us here in Montana. Two of them we just never heard from again. Uh, one of them had the audacity to say that he tried to find us but couldn't. He even tried to report us for stuff in Missoula, but he didn't have an exact address. So could we please tell him our address so he could report us? Huh. Now, we did have uh, one other person who somehow got hold of my phone number and called and said, um, hey, I'm trying to get to your place. How, how do I get there? I'm, I'm not, I'm not finding that information. Who are you? So it, 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 then he picked a name off of Permies of one of the staff and told me that name. I'm, and I'm thinking like, yeah, that person would have at least emailed me to say he's coming. And so anyway, I said, okay, I'm not prepared to give tours and I'm not even sure you're the person you say you are. And frankly, everything you're saying strikes me as really creepy. So I'm just going to hang up now. Goodbye. <laughs> um, I don't know if you use those words with that guy, but it was it, it was like that. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so we've I mean, there's been multiple times where it's like, I am so glad that we have a certain level of discretion about our physical location. Um, my empires uh, currently serve a little under two million people each month. And that's just permaculture stuff that doesn't count the um the geeky stuff uh 
there are going to be some very naughty people trying very naughty things, so it just seems wise to have an ounce of prevention in that space. I do like to uh, think that when we hit the 10-year mark, we will open up Basecamp. We will openly share our address and be far more interactive with the immediate community. For now, we are under construction. Just to be clear, we will share that when we are ready. <laughs> Ten years feels about right, but it could be longer. I, I don't want somebody to listen to this podcast and then, like, when we hit the 10-year mark, you know, insist that we open up or, oh, right. you know. Yeah. So I'm just, I, I want to add that little candle. Yeah. 47 had some serious problems with this one. Uh, this definitely fell in the space of 47 telling me that 47 is in charge of everything and I will need to obey 47 or else. All you and, and you are, and you all are now seeing that I did not obey. So, okay. So this is, so we're in or else mode. Um, about a year ago, 47 announced to the group that he decided that all this discretion stuff was stupid, so he's been just telling everybody everything, especially the locals. My feelings about this uh, was that it's, it pretty much ignores all the work we have done over the years uh, to be uh, boring and forgettable. I felt that his just choosing to ditch this strategy that we'd been working, that had been working, was extremely rude and disrespectful to the others. In fact, everything seems fine now because the strategy was working. He wasn't here for the ugly part. Right. And and I think that showed some lack of, I want to say lack of maturity. That sounds, that you could be endangering people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, the vandalism on the property was extreme and the vandalism to the gates and the, you know, people in the community being so, so disrespectful and, and causing so much damage and somebody could get injured. If, if they came up to blow up a tree with C4 again, like they did before, well, they didn't do it while we were here. No, you know, I know. Not uh, while but, we were but here. But we did but... hear stories about it happening on our property before we bought it. Right. And and if they think they have free reign again, like, oh, this will be fun. <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean, that's just so, not Because it was safe. timber company land. And yes. the timber company for a long time said people can come here and do stuff as long as they didn't hurt the trees. But it turned out that they were not only hurting the trees. I think I think the big thing... At this point in time, the big thing on the list is the dumping of garbage. Yes. And and we've already hauled off 20 truckloads of garbage, and we've got, like, probably 10 more to go. Yes. Um, but, you know, and then the other thing is, is is that it's not like we're the only ones doing it. Every other property on the road also has fences and gates. Yeah. And they, and they say because once – and they weren't there originally, but once we locked our gate – Apparently, they started dumping garbage on these other properties, and then yeah. they put up fences and gates. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, you know, and, and the other thing is I kind of feel like what we saw was this behavior I'm talking about, where, where, where people have learned, people have been taught by our society that if you want something, then uh, rather than pay for it, a lot of times you can have that pair of scissors by just being hostile and crazy. And so, on the other hand, uh, our gates are pretty fucking awesome. And and so it's kind of like, or at least they are now. They used to be uh, um, not as amazing. And so, you know, people tore them out. And it's it's not that we ever said the whole community is bad. It was be very very careful. There, this, it's a depressed economy. It's a crime ridden economy outside of Missoula, you know, it's, I don't know. Okay. So I'm, I'm, it's just is a funky, not the best community. We tried to advise caution so that we wouldn't have more dumping, more vandalism. And, and what we had from people was 
kind of an immature response. We were not saying everybody locally is bad. We were just wanting people to exercise caution. And they were saying, um, and what they were saying is, oh, no, everybody is awesome. And it's like, <laughs> are you five? Are you five Every- years old? You know, everybody oh no. who's awesome is indeed awesome. Everybody <laughs> is awesome. I have no problems visiting and being open with everybody. Everybody, I mean, awesome is, of course, relative and subjective because if everybody truly is awesome, there would never be divorce. Yeah. Uh, there would never be, uh, jail or prison. Um, I, are you giving me the signal that you have to pee? <laughs> I thought you'd at least say bio break. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I didn't know if we wanted to I've pause got this, this little bit okay. left for item one, and maybe we could pause and then okay. go on to... Okay, so uh, bef- he, he states, 47 states, before moving out of the property, I was not aware of the secretive rule. Um, and except, and then my response to that is, is except we, may e- we, we email it to everybody as part of giving people directions. I mean, it's a canned statement with that in it. Right. And it was repeated at the event he attended. Yes. I mean, it's like, I feel like people get bored and like sick of hearing it. Right. When we, so it's like it was stated multiple times. Yes. Uh, so that we try to keep our location private. Um, and, and, and we try to not interact with the locals. We, yeah, we, we just say it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so you know what? I'm going to go ahead and, and say it. I'm going to say, um, if you like this sort of thing, <laughs> come on out to the forums at permies.com where we talk about community, community. homesteading, and permaculture all, all the, the time. time. This podcast is continued in part three. Don't forget. Go out to patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton and make a pledge for future artifacts.